Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. The games are underway, and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs, and the best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests and opportunities to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions about what you think is going to happen during the day's events and track your results throughout the evening to see if you will achieve a victory. Questions will range from medal counts to questions specific to the USA team. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head the DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. another episode of Habs Nightly. It is uh, actually really fun to have another episode. Uh, it's been a little staggering as of late. But Mason, I will say this. This was the first time that I did not have to open uh, my stupid notepad with the uh, fuck. Of course, I'll fuck this up with uh, the slogan, the intro. I, I have nailed it, apparently. And uh, that's where we are. I, I'll never have to open it again until next week when I fucking jinx myself. But what's up, uh-huh. G? Oh, not much. We were talking for actually a little bit beforehand, so we've caught up a little bit, but we can uh, we can go over it for the uh, listeners. So 
Oh man, where where do I even begin? Do you think I start with the brick wall? Yeah, dude. Uh, you just got you just got fucking. I don't know. I, don't I know. got fucking <laughs> flatlined yesterday in a game of soccer. My first league game back in almost two years since COVID. Uh, um, of course, like I played exhibition, but first league game back and uh, run into York Academy, Ukrainian team out of, uh, uh, I believe they're based in North York. Uh, which is a sorry for you, Corey. That's a, a borough of Toronto. Mm. Um, biggest team I think I've ever seen. Monsters and the the king of them all. This fucking six foot five, like honestly, like two, like the biggest fucking human I have ever seen play a game of soccer. It was absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, we were down a few players, so your boy was put out at a center back, ran in for a 50-50 ball on this monster, and I was telling Corey, I've I've always been one of the bigger guys on the soccer field, so I'm not used to needing my head up. Oh, he clobbered me. Like, it felt like I ran headfirst into a brick wall. He didn't move. And I was done. Put me out of the game. Like, I tried to keep playing. And I was, like, looking up in the – I was seeing stars. Like, just fucking finished me. Jesus. <laughs> but I'm back. Putting in that grind for Habs nightly. Feeling a lot better. But, you know, it was, it was a humbling experience. I've never – I've always been the guy laying out those shoulder-to-shoulder – in the 50-50 balls, I've never taken one like that. It just, I was totally unprepared and I paid for it. Damn. But other than that, just a little bit of soreness. I'm doing pretty good. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good too. Uh, hopefully, uh, my re- well, my recovery is doing a lot better. And uh, hopefully I can see myself back in a uniform. But, uh, dude, I've, I've actually, uh, I've caught the football uh I guess fucking fever, dude. I've been playing so much FIFA. It's uh it's very fucking <laughs> addicting. It's the beautiful game, my friend. Yeah, I guess uh I've 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 also have a Premier League team now, and I guess that is the team I will represent uh for the rest of my life. I've fucking have fallen in love with Leicester City. So uh no, I can't fit in their fucking uh, kits yet, but when I lose some weight, I will definitely be purchasing one. <laughs> that game is so fucking fun. Oh, FIFA's great. Any any sports game's awesome when you've been playing NHL for too long. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. And I'm like, man, I really need to get back into my NHL, and I'm like, I'm about like four seasons into my FIFA, and I'm like, mm, just, just not over it yet. <laughs> I've actually, like, I can't remember the last time I actually played, like, the game, like, NHL. Like, I'll play franchise mode, but I don't actually play. I just simulate everything. Like, I, don't mm-hmm. actually, I haven't played the game in such a long time. Yeah, you're basically just playing, like, uh, I forgot the name of the game, but it's, like, uh, you're just basically a manager, and you don't play. You're just, like, you're doing all the moves, and then – you let the game sim and you know you just play it. Yeah, for those for those who don't know, um, 
<clears throat> EA Sports NHL games, the series, they have a mode called franchise mode where basically you're just the GM. So you can make trades, you get the draft, like players have potential, all that. And yeah, I just, you don't have to play the games. You can just simulate them. And I, I haven't actually played the game in forever. But, you know, speaking of uh, free agency signings, drafts, um, free agency, the main period of free agency has uh, passed us by. And as per usual, Mark Bergevin, pretty active. Um, signing David Savard, Mike Hoffman, Cedric Paquette, Matthew Perot, and countless QMJHL guys on two-way deals. But before we get into that, um, I want to uh, acknowledge the departure of my favorite Montreal Canadian, Philip Denno. And honestly, I can say I don't blame him one bit. I think he how much how much was the AAV, Corey? Was it six? I'm pulling it up again, but yeah, it is six. Uh, as far six. as like the official number, I'll give it to you in a second. But yeah, it's uh, I believe it well, was six. Yeah, Dano got the bag, and it, he wasn't gonna get it in Montreal, even if you think he deserved it, which I'm I think the majority don't. But there's an argument for it. Uh, Bergevin was not going to give him that kind of money or that kind of term. No. At the end of the day, you have to provide for yourself and your family. So I don't blame Philip Deneau one bit. Um, I thought it was a little interesting because he said he saw Suzuki and KK coming and that worried him. And I just got to say, if you were scared of them, wait till fucking Alex Turcotte and Clinton Byfield come up in a few years. That's going to be... <laughs> But, but but you know what? It, it was smart for him to take the bag, you know, now because at least he can he can take it in before that happens, you know. Well, and they gave him they gave him a full no move clause. Wow. Which is well, sorry, it's a modified no move clause in the last two years. So it's like a 10, 10 team no trade. Mm -hmm. And the first two years, it's a no move clause. Jeez. So he's not going anywhere. And Montreal definitely wasn't going to give that. It was a really, really good contract for Philip Deneau. Um, Kind of an interesting signing for LA. I'll be honest. I think LA fans, I don't like Anze Kopitar. Maybe it'll, I think it'll free him up to be more offensive. It's an interesting signing for sure. I think if Philip Deneau is given second line time, he will succeed there. I think he'll put up like his usual 50 points. Maybe he'll score 15 goals, but he'll he'll give you 45, as like Mike Johnson always says, because he'll stop um, 30, right? <laughs> like he'll prevent 30 goals. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. At the end of the day, I'm just thankful for the six years he provided us in Montreal. Um, really spearheaded that cup run. Was a phenomenal leader um, on the ice just in his play a great mentor to Nick Suzuki and KK and I wish him absolutely nothing but the best. I, I have, I loved every second of Philip Deneau in Montreal. I know he had his critics, but just a great player. Glad he got what he deserved and hopefully being on the West coast, maybe in the spotlight some more, maybe he can get some, get in the conversation for the selfie again. You never know. Wish him nothing but the best. So just, Thank yeah. you, Phil. Oh. I thought it was a little bit more, but uh, he's, his cap hit was 5-5 five, five, um, five, five. for six years. So he's, maybe he's still, he wasn't getting that in Montreal. No. Um, <clears throat> it's just tough. Um, 
like you said, I've I've really loved uh Philip Deneau here. He he made it special, you know, like uh at times when we were just we couldn't fucking this team just really couldn't get it together. It was just really awesome to know that Philip Deneau was like the around the league, not really talked about guy that was just devastatingly uh impactful, you know, for a team and Kudos to him. Uh, hopefully, he, he plays a, a, a much longer career. I hope it's not, you know, shy of just a few, just these few, what, six years he's got. Um, but, yeah, he, he definitely became a favorite and it's someone that I guess I, I probably won't be getting an L.A. jersey, but I might be watching a little bit more L.A. games just to check him out, you know. Yeah, definitely keeping an eye on him. But uh, moving on to the unrestricted free agent acquisitions, uh, first and foremost, I want to talk about David Stavard, um, just because we saw what he could do yeah. in Tampa. And initially, I was a little confused. I, I saw the um, the uh, the AAV, and I was like, oh, like I didn't think he was that much of an impact player. But then I saw what defensemen were going for. You got Seth Jones, nine point five million dollars a year Mm -hmm. that contract is going to age horribly (laughs) and i like the analytics analytics community hates seth jones i think he's an elite player with some deficiencies and even i think that's a horrible contract and in what world does that guy make more money than kale mccarr that's just about to say but but also i mean it's chicago you know like they don't really they just throw their money around. You know, that's why some of the greatest players that, that they drafted are just like, you know, the poster childs for different franchises. They just throw money at people. Please come here. And then that's like, well, we got this guy and now we got to let the Brinkett, you know, or, or a Kirby Doc walk because we, we just can't fucking afford them anymore. Oh, it's there's going to be some repercussions for that deal, not only in – like that, losing guys, but just play. I don't think he's going to live up to that. But, and even not even the high profile contracts, but seeing Cody CC making 3.2, yeah, that's a fucking awesome deal for David Savard. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of term either. I believe it was three years. It might be four. I could be mistaken. Three or four. And he's I guess got, it's a, it's a four year deal. I mean, he's 30 years old. He's going to be 34. That's still, oh, I think it's prime age for a defenseman. The exact um, same deal Joel Edmondson and Ben Sherrod are on. And, I mean, dude, we saw what he's capable of. We played against him. This dude's pretty much phenomenal. And on top of that, I mean, it, it's another guy that hopefully will glue together like uh, Josh Anderson, you know? Yeah, I – um now, Mark Bergevin came out and said we need a replacement for Shea Weber. I think that's – that's overly optimistic to say the least. Mm-hmm. The reason I, if that, if that, if I was looking at it face value with that comment in mind, I would not be overly optimistic or happy with this uh, signing. But I do, like, I am recalling how David Savard was used in Tampa. He played with Mikhail Sergachev. Sergachev really came into his own. And I have to wonder if it's a similar kind of thing that they want to do with him and Alexander Romanov. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Um, I think Romanov kind of lost some confidence at the end of the year, 
that he had at the start. He was taking shots, making plays. I think if you put David Savard behind him or beside him and say, look, do what you want to do, kid. Savard can help you out. He's going to teach you the ways. He's going to be able to make up for whatever mistakes you make. I think it'll open up a lot of place for Alexander Romanov. Um, yeah, I just, I actually, I think it's a really good signing. I don't think you're going to replace what Shea Weber could provide or what he could bring. I think Jeff Petrie is going to be playing close to 28, 29 minutes a night. Um, just looking at this decor, it's, it's not as good as it was last season. You're going to need some jumps from Romanov and Petrie. Um, I don't know what, like, how do you feel kind of regarding that? I get like, I, I just think, you know, it's a great signing, but I just don't think you can replace for as much as I criticized him. You can't replace what Shea Weber brought, which was eating up minutes mm-hmm. and that leadership, like, especially the leadership role. I just, there's a lot of minutes left on the ice for that decor. Yeah. You can't, you can't just pick one guy. The only guy that, 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 it could have possibly been, and I'm kind of – I'm not glad we didn't get him, you know, because I would have loved to see Dougie Hamilton here. But with that name, what he's capable of, people would have been upset because he still would not have been able to fill the shoes of Shea Weber just because of the amount of time and what Shea, Shea Weber did for this for this team. Um, you can't you can't just – it can't be a one-for-one, one, okay? Shea Weber's out for a bit, so we're bringing in – you know, this guy, you're going to, he, he does the work of two individuals. That's what makes Shea Weber that regardless of, of how tough it was to see him at some points during last season, you know, at the end of it, you realize like he plays, he stays on the ice. He, he does so much more that gives the rest to everyone else that you're, you're praising, you know, because he's giving them that ample time to kind of recover and get back on the ice to be as dazzling as they've been. But I think David Savard, for the price that we got for him, I think it's great. It's not, it's not a, uh, you know, it's it's not. There's still a, a bit of a hole missing from Shea Weber. You know, it might take two, it might take three fucking guys to really glue that in. But uh, David Savard plays a solid 20 minute game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a chance to play a, a lot more. You know, uh, I would honestly, I'd hope he doesn't play more. I hope 20 minutes. 18 minutes is what he plays. Okay. And I think, like I said, Petrie's going to need to step up. And I think for as phenomenal as he played a lot like this past season, I think we could see Jeff Petrie's career season right here. He's going to play so much. There's a gaping hole in the power play that I'm sure Mike Hoffman's going to fill a little bit as a shooter. But Petrie's the man on that power play now, quarterbacking mm-hmm. it. And we're going to hopefully see um, Chris Weidman coming, led the KHL in points last year, um, won defenseman of the year, bounced back and bounced back from the NHL. Uh, for those of you who remember, he was part of Ottawa in that Uber incident. Honestly, doesn't fucking bother me at all. Um, if you haven't should talk to coach behind closed doors, like you're not, you didn't play sports. I'm sorry, it happens, and it's just maybe you perceive it as disrespectful, but that I'd was rather sh- I'd rather that than you know uh, a worse public scandal, you know, like in, 
So that yeah, that is not as bad as like some of the things that are happening. <laughs> oh, it's just like like all like everyone's shit talk to their coach. Any especially at that level, you have to think they've all been used to being the best players their whole life. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the NHL and <clears throat> you're not playing power play, you're not playing penalty kill, you're not you're on the bottom pair, you're on the bottom line. Like you're gonna be like, what the fuck? Like, I need power. Like, you know what I mean? It's just that's guys. Like, that's just locker room shit. I know everyone's like, oh, locker room. Like, that is it's locker room stuff. Get over it. Yeah, I mean, that's how. I mean, her her Brooks did that. You know, like he would piss off his players to, you know, to get that to get the most out of them. You know, just about every coach, especially the old the OG coaches. You know, like the Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, they knew how to get under their skin. They knew how to push a button to make them excel, you know, but it comes, it comes with a price. They're going to, they're not going to like you in the moment. You know, there's, there's going to be words, but I kind of expect that of a, out of a coach, you know, it's so minute. Like it's just, it's not, it's a non-factor. It doesn't matter. Like get over it. It was years ago. It was Ottawa too. Like Mm -hmm. Ottawa was a shit show. So that'll be interesting to see if he can provide some offense, step into the lineup. But honestly, what that what that signing tells me, and this is speculation, obviously, but it's that Montreal is planning and hoping that Matthias Norlander can break the NHL roster next year because Montreal needed a puck-moving defenseman horribly, like so badly, and they didn't get one. They signed a... Low risk option in Chris Weidman, who I think that's high, high, low risk, high reward there. But it's telling me that you have that insurance. <clears throat> so if Norlander or Romanov aren't able to step up into that role next year, you do have a guy who can do it in some capacity, along with Brett Kulak. But it just, that's what it tells me. Like you're, you're, you're hoping you don't have to play him, but if you do, you're going to be okay. Now, I'm obviously a big fan of Matthias Norlander. I'm very hopeful he breaks the NHL roster next year. I'm not confident he will. I think it'll be the following season, but that leads to be seen. Um, I think overall, Montreal's defense got weaker. Um, But I don't think they're to be underestimated. Uh, Joel Edmondson is steady Eddie. He's going to play well. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I think we're going to see him and Petrie on the top pairing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what happens to Sherratt. Um I think Sherratt is gonna is gonna play that that Jeff Petrie pivot pivot role that we saw uh, the previous year, where it was you could be slotted in one or two depending on what's going on. You know? I just now I haven't seen David Savard play enough, but if I'm lining up my roster as good as Ben Sherratt played in the playoffs, he was awful in the regular season. So he did redeem himself a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. I don't want Romanov on the bottom pair. I want him top four. He needs to grow. And I want David Savard next to him. So Sherratt's kind of my odd man out there. There's Montreal is going to have a log jam at D. Um, Weidman, Kulak, like I said, Norlander, hopefully. Even a guy like Josh Brook. There's going to be some some fighting for those bottom three spots. But, you know, I think, I think Montreal will be okay on D. I don't think they're going to have anywhere near to the worst D in the Atlantic. I think they're still a better defense than Toronto. Um, you know, I think maybe even Boston, I'm trying to think who's on, like, I think they'll have a pretty serviceable decor, 
Um, so moving on to uh, forwards, uh, I want to hear your initial reaction to the Mike Hoffman signing because look uh I actually liked it you remember last year I was like why don't we look for someone like Mike Hoffman um you know can be a bit flaky but we were looking for a bit of uh oomph for our power play this could definitely open that up it 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 kind of moves the I don't know you remember like we're, we're watching the games and I'm noticing like it's they just load up so heavy on Caulfield side, you know, uh, it was, it was pretty easy to depict what we were going to do on the power play. And I just love that there's a chance that we can have someone like Mike Hoffman that kind of could be another power play assassin that kind of has to makes them spread their PK out a little bit more. And that's what I'm more or less excited for. Uh, what you call it. I'm trying to look at how much we got him for. Um, so we got him for four years at at five five. I think it's a it's a it's a bit much, but it's definitely a lot less than what he wanted eight mil um, when he signed last season. So, you know, I don't believe that Mike Hoffman really just I wouldn't say he doesn't deserve it, but his play really doesn't. Uh, it's kind of fallen off as far as something like that. But no, I'm I'm impressed with it. Uh, I think it's I think it's a good acquisition. Um, maybe a bit steep on the price, from my say. Um, I think he's not going to take a, a, a you know a, a hometown discount. That is my main problem. If he produces that five five, won't be uh, too bad for me. Uh, was his cap you know his, his cap hit? But um, yeah, so I didn't really know how to feel about uh, signing Mike Hoffman um, because. I think I often forget just how good Hoffman is because wherever the guy goes, he scores goals. He's going to get you close to 30 goals every year, mm-hmm. at least 25. He's got a wicked shot. He scored 70 points in this league, like very recently, and was on pace for 70 the year before last. Um, but he has never stuck anywhere. He got shipped out of Ottawa. You know, we'll give him an excuse because Ottawa was a shit show. Then he got shipped out of Florida. And after scoring 59 points in 69 games, scoring 29 goals, the guy had to go on a PTO to get into St. Louis. Like, yeah, it's, just, it's weird to me. And I'm going to ignore all the wife stuff because that's hearsay. And well, I, I thought just, that was his girlfriend. It's not his current. It's his current wife. Oh, okay. She was his girlfriend, but now mm. it's his current wife. Okay. But like I said, that's, I don't, it's just, I don't know anything about it. It was so long ago. Nothing happened from it. It's not him. So I'm just gonna, just gonna, let's ignore that. And let's just look at it for what we know. Um, Yeah. I just like, my initial reaction was pretty negative. I'll be honest, especially with the AAV. Um, and then I was thinking about like his character. Like this is a guy who, you know, it, I've, we, I used to see Tom Franklin, our friend of the show, tweeting all the time. He's this big St. Louis guy, like tweeting about his defensive play. And he's so frustrating. But you know what? I've kind of been converted. I've come around to the idea that, you know what? Maybe Mike Hoffman's just what he is, an elite power play performer and a goal scorer with a wicked shot. 
And a big, big, big factor in this signing is that he shoots left. Most teams are full of left shots. Montreal's the opposite. It's almost exclusively righties on the wing. Um, Hoffman is a left winger who shoots left. Like you said, he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to score goals. He's going to sit at the, at the blue line with a one-timer and shoot goals on the power play. And I think if we look at it for just what it is, like he's not going to provide a lot of defense. He's not going to back check very hard, but he's going to score close to 30 goals and he's going to be a threat on the power play. The more I kind of talk myself into it, the more I realize that I think this is AAV aside, a perfect signing for Mark Bergevin. You know, this team needs offense. We have those gritty two way forwards and I think Mike Hoffman honestly will fit in pretty nicely beside a guy like Kakaniemi. No, I agree. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I messed up earlier. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's cap it is five, five, but he, he signed for four, you know, four five, but um, I'm not saying that's any better. I mean, it's a bit better obviously, but, uh, but no, if, I mean, if you look at where he's come, he, you know, he did good, not a you know, not their best years, you know, but he was a part of the 2017 run, which was, which is good for him. You know, uh, Florida was pretty, you know, kind of dead in the water. We know, cause we, you know, they're in our division. They're not that great. He goes over there. He actually took a risk, you know, kind of like what Patrick line does is, you know, like I'll take a small contract for a big number to kind of prove that I'm deserving of a bigger one. It didn't really happen in Florida, but his play didn't really fall off. You know, he goes to St. Louis, like you said, on the PTO, but St. Louis has had, I mean, since their fucking cup run, they have, it's not even the same team it feels like anymore. You know, you're going into a, a broken system. At least there was a bit of, I think, a bit of consistency in Ottawa and Florida and a little bit of time he was there. But from what it shows to me, is that he's been successful in three franchises that really just had, hadn't found it, you know, hadn't really gotten it together at that point. And I feel like he might be coming to a team, which is us, obviously, um, that's a little bit more well put together. So, you know, just here's your role. You know what to do. Treat him almost like uh, how we felt about Gustafson going into the playoffs. You know, you know he's not really going to be – a two-way guy. He's going to focus on his talents. It's going to be offensive. He's going to have turnovers, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it's going to be, you know, he's going to fuck us, but there's going to be moments when he really saves our ass. And that's what I'm excited for with this guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're right. His great fantasy pickup. <laughs> yeah. 4.5 <laughs> for three years. It's not the worst. It's if it, I thought it was longer term, to be honest, but I just, yeah, I don't know. It, it's definitely, I in my head, I'm going, oh, it's fucked up because he's making more than Toffoli, but Toffoli, I think that's just a great contract. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think Mike Hoffman, if you just take him for what he is, I think he's going to fit in well on this team. He's just a straight-up specialist. You know, like, you're not going to put him out there for, like, God, we need a, you know, he's not going to, He's not Philip to know, but I'm saying like, you're not going to put him in a moment where like, God, we have got to hold the line, you know, we're going to yeah, put him in there when the just... glue's working mid game, when, when everything's kind of coming together for us, that's when he's going to excel, you know? Yeah. And I, I had to <clears throat> kind of 
take a step back and look at myself and realize that in my initial judgment of the Mike Hoffman contract, realize that it's kind of the viewpoint that I've always hated because Montreal fans, we always bitch and moan about something until we get it. And then we bitch and moan about the opposite. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> for how long have we been saying we need an elite, we need elite offensive talent on this team. Bergevin went out and acquired it. So you know what? I'm happy with that. Um, I think if it doesn't work out as much as, you know, he wanted to, uh, if there's no, no move clause or anything on it, I think Hoffman, I don't, I just, I'm not worried about it not working, I guess. I'm not saying he's Phil <laughs> Kessel, but I think he's the same kind of Phil is playing on Arizona and Arizona's clearly tanking for Shane Wright and Connor Bedard. Let's be honest. <laughs> But yeah. let's be honest, everyone knows it. And I can guarantee you Phil Kessel will get picked, will be overlooked in fantasy until someone picks him up and he's going to score 25 goals and get like 40 assists because he'll do it anywhere. And I yeah. think Mike Hoffman's just kind of a similar player. Like he's just going to go out, he's going to do his thing. And it's, it doesn't really matter where he plays. Yeah, I actually, I actually like when you look him up in the three teams he's with, all were kind of terrible when he was there. They and were it's all, like, yeah, they weren't great. <laughs> I've, I love picking this dude up in fantasy. No one fucking drafts him. He's always available. And I like, that was the thing. Like when you were posting and you were like, how do y'all feel about him? And I think Shane was like, just wait for him to give up halfway through the season. I'm like, yeah, like, okay. But like, I know what I'm getting out of this guy. You know, like I'm not expecting this dude to come in and be, you know, like how we expected Jonathan Drouin you know, to be the next coming of Christ, you know, mm-hmm. or, 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 um, excuse me, almost just trying to hold back a sneeze, like a cold call field. You know, I know this dude's going to come in, he's going to put up his numbers and he's, he's going to make night successful for us. Perfect. Not expecting him to play a 20 minute game. You know, he's going to get out there. He's probably going to be super important on the power play. And that's all I really want him for, you know? Yeah, no, I'm totally in agreement. I think, uh, if you just look at don't don't wish Hoffman to be more than he is because he mm-hmm. never will be. He's just gonna be Hoffman. And I'm you know this contract ends when he's thirty four. I like it. I really do. I like it. I think it's a decent signing. I think it's low risk. Uh, maybe moderate risk, but I think it's pretty high reward, especially when you think about who you could be playing with down the middle, right? Right. Now, I do want to move on to two other signings. I know we're really taking a lot of time to analyze this, but you know what? I think it's important because what else are we going to talk about, right? And There's not much else, you know? Yeah, Especially exactly. after the last episode. I, I, I'm so much happy to just talk. Oh, God, that sounded terrible. I'm so much more happy to talk about this, you know? So I can go on a tangent about this all night. 100%. And uh, before we move on, just highlighting because I forgot to mention uh, when I was looking at those big contract signings, Zach Wierenski, Seth Jones, Kale McCarr, Dougie Hamilton. Oh my God. What a fucking steal was that Jeff Petrie contract? 6.25. <laughs> oh no. So lucky we got that extension early. But moving on to uh, Cedric Paquette and Matthew Perot. Now, these two players both kind of feed into the version of gotten shit for uh, not having any French players for a certain amount for one game 
and having a lack of French players, uh, he went and reversed that. David Savard, who said there were teams that offered him more money, but when he got the call from Montreal, he just knew. He was like, yep, let's go. I want to go. So he signed with Montreal because he wants to play there. He wants to be, you know, I just love that. I love seeing French guys finally want to return home because it seems like for a long time they didn't. And I don't think we get all three of these guys if it's not for that Stanley Cup run. So I love the comments from David Savard, but these two guys right here, um, Cedric Paquette especially, uh, did you see his comments when they asked him about signing in Montreal? No, no, no. Tell me. Cedric Paquette said, and I quote, I will run through a wall for this. <laughs> He's just talk- like, I'm not kidding. That's the direct quote. He said he'll run through a wall for this team. Uh, he's going to be a depth guy. I think he'll be on the fourth line, hopefully. In and out of the lineup, maybe. Zero risk, high reward. Um, two-way guy, played in Tampa, won a cup there. Played for Carolina last year. If you don't know who he is, he's he's a decent player. Like He's done well in his role um, wherever he's played. Um, I'm going to – let me just pull up his stats, actually, just for curiosity's sake. I know he doesn't get a shit ton of points, but – yeah, decent numbers uh, defensively. Um, never really had a negative plus minus, really. Playing fourth line role for Tampa. Career high of 19 points, Tampa. But kind of in and out of the lineup guy. Only played 38 games for Carolina last year. I, I He's a depth guy, and I like the signing. I think he's going to play hard. He's a hard-nosed guy. He's not afraid to get in there, battle hard for the puck. Um, just a, I think a, he's not Corey Perry. He's not going to provide the offense he's going to provide that grit that Corey Perry provided. And the uh, more high-profile one, Matthew Perot. Um, did you see any of this interview, Corey? Uh, just bits of it. It's been raining bad down here, and we've been losing power. Uh, but I was excited when we got Perot. Uh, it's another guy I like to pick up in fantasy. He's always sticking around. Yeah, no, I, um, I was shocked when I saw we signed him initially – I was really upset actually because I thought that we'd just blown like a couple million. Mm-hmm. And then I saw what we signed him for league minimum. <laughs> uh, 19 points last year, 56 games in a third line role. This guy was a consistent 40 point man in the NHL for a long time. He can provide offense. Um, obviously, now his role is a two way guy. I hated playing against him in the Jets series. I thought he showed mm-hmm. up pretty well. I'm really happy with this signing. And another guy who, if you watched his uh, post, uh, post-signing post interview, he said Montreal Montreal called, and he said, I don't care what it is, sign the contract. Yep. Just wanted to come home. Didn't care how much. He said, I've made my money. I don't care. I just wanted to sign. I want to play for the Habs. I love that. Like I absolutely love that we have French-Canadian guys wanting to return to the team. Perot seemed all in. He was super happy to be a Hab. And I think this is uh, another player who could play third-line center. I kind of want Jake Evans in that role personally, but Perot could. He hasn't really played center a lot the last few seasons. He'll probably be on that left wing on the third line, fourth line, moving back and forth. Can play on the power play. He's got a decent shot. Uh, definitely on the penalty kill. I think he's basically Paul Byron's replacement for a fraction of the cost. He's going to kill penalties. 
he's he's got that shot that Byron possesses. He can like some for some bottom line scoring. And like I said, was really adamant about wanting to play for the Montreal Canadiens. It's so refreshing, like you said, to just – I know it's because of the run, and I know it's because of this team that we have and, and we're, we're successfully building. But to come from last year when we uh, – a good chunk of an episode was about guys that were just like, I'm not signing with them. I'm just so happy that, that especially French Canadians are, are just – Running back just warms my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's great to see, and I think it's something Montreal's lacked out of the last few years. Um, actually, for a while, was just French Canadian guys wanting to return home. I really think that Stanley Cup run made a huge difference. And uh, highlighting um, as we kind of wrap things up, uh, hearing that Jonathan Drouin was back. Um, yes, yes, I saw that today. And some, I didn't see what sort of capacity was involved with the team though, right? Yes. I believe uh, it was um, a bit of practice. I don't, I don't know if, I don't think the entire team is back doing practices yet. Obviously, you know, they just, they just kind of are getting onto their break, but I think it was a bit of a, like something to do with him just kind of getting back into rhythm. Yeah. And that's phenomenal. That's great to see. I hope Jonathan Drouin's back. I think he's going to have a huge year next year if he is. Um, the outlook on this team's looking good to me, honestly. I think uh, there's a bunch of guys who could break through for us. Jesse Alone and Ryan Paling really come to mind. Um, I think losing to No, obviously we haven't even really talked about it, losing to Tar. I think we should expect a kind of a tough year next year, but a developmental year. I think we're going to compete. We're going to win games, but – I think this is going to be a year of growth. I think we're going to see Suzuki hit that 60-point um, barrier. I think he's going to pass that. I think we could see him push for 70. I think he's going to have a big offensive breakout. I think you've got to assume Caulfield is probably the front runner for the Calder. Um, God, I'd love that. <laughs> I would, too. I think he's going to score a shit ton of goals next year, hopefully. like I think 20 is a lock. I really mm -hmm. do. I think he's that good. I think KK... I think we're going to see a bounce back. I think he's going to get 45, 50 points, especially if he's playing with Mike Hoffman. Uh, the only thing that concerns me going into next season, really, because I don't, I think lines can jumble around. We can see what happens. Oh, my. If Dominic Ducharme puts Josh Anderson and Mike Hoffman on the same line, I might cry. Because then the back checking on that fucking line will be so horrendous. But – I'm just excited. I think it's going to be a fun young team, a uh, more offensive-minded team. I think it's going to be fun hockey to watch. Yeah, and uh, I just I just double-checked it. Uh, I'm going to fucking butcher this, but uh, Mark olivier Boudon, I think it is. Uh, I had to translate it, sadly. But uh, he said, for those interested, Jonathan Drouin has started to train seriously in Broussard. He wants to be ready for the start of the next season. This is excellent news for the players but especially for the man. So uh, obviously excited to be back, you know, so uh, that, that is uh, in reference to Drew Ansar. I don't think I clearly stated that, but. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's honestly awesome to see him returning. Like I said, I think he's going to be, he's going to be playing amazingly. Uh, we, we seem to have a plethora of wingers now too. So it'll be interesting to see what line combinations 
uh, Dominic Duchamp puts into play, but I think it's just <laughs> way too fucking early to speculate on that. And uh, we've been going for a decent amount of time now, unless you have anything else to add. Nothing's really coming to my mind. I, I've honestly chatted away this podcast. I apologize, but. No, uh, so much better than last one. Uh, just three things, not really a conversation. Um, this was written by Stu Conwin back on um, July 13th. I'm sure you saw it, but uh, I was hoping that there would be a bit of rumor of a, of a return, maybe in a coaching position, but uh uh, Andre Markov got suspended for the year in the KHL. Uh, he, oh, forgot, he didn't turn that. in paperwork or for, for a testing or some shit. No, and it's it, for his retirement. Mm, that's right. Yeah. So I was hoping, I was like, damn, maybe we can uh, we can bring him in as, as far as like how amazing would it be Markov coaching and, and kind of mentoring um, a, a young Romanov. Um, I just want to say thank you to Corey Perry, you know, for, for the year that he had with us. Uh, I went from hating this fucking dude to loving this dude. And, you know, it sucks. He's, he's going to Tampa, but uh, it cannot, it does not take away anything of the excitement that I had watching this dude the past season. And I just nothing but respect for him moving forward. Uh, hopefully he can chase and, and get another cup. But um, other than that, um, did we bring it up? Uh, Paul Byron, I, I, we obviously brought it up, but Paul Byron, I have five months uh, at least for a, uh, like you said, a shoulder. He's getting some shoulder uh, injury. Shoulder or hip surgery. I know it's weird, but I can't remember which one. Uh, yeah, should be on LTIR. Montreal have like 11, 11 million LTIR relief. Um, I guess the last thing I want to talk about seriously, because we haven't discussed it, and I don't know how much of a reality it is, but I think... I can't help myself. I'm a giddy little Habs fan. Uh, Jack Eichel. Gee. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow, that situation in Buffalo broke down fucking quickly, did it not? I, I feel bad for him, dude. How, how do you tell – how do you refuse to let someone get surgery? And still, right now, even if he got surgery right now, he would still be healthy to play for the start of this season. And they could have had this surgery done – during the playoffs. I don't oh fuck, sorry. <coughs> um I just don't understand what the fuck Buffalo is doing. That organization is a it's like if someone had a dumpster fire and then just fucking threw kerosene on it and then was I don't know, like I, I can't like I can't describe how downhill and just awful that organization has become. It seems like everything they touch turns to shit. And to have mishandled a situation like this with your star player, your face of the franchise so poorly to the point in which he requests a trade at 25 years of age, three years into his eight year contract. I just don't understand how they've messed it up so profusely um yeah like you said like i just how can you how can you deny someone like i get i guess i understand the team's looking out for itself but it's the face of your franchise Connor mcdavid went out with the edmonton oilers and did stuff no one had ever done to a hockey player before and he came back fine um i don't know if you listened to 
Did you listen to the latest episode of 31 Thoughts with Free Asian Jeff Merrick? No, I haven't. So they brought on this uh, this surgeon, this neural, like brain, neck, mm-hmm. whatever guy, right? He's like a an absolute pro in the fields, worked with the Denver Broncos for 17 years. I guess he was the one advising Jack Eichel on this. And he said initially he was against uh, the – so basically what the Sabres want to do is they want to have a disc fusion because Eichel has a herniated disc. So they want to fuse the discs together. And this is what's always been done in the NHL. It's proven to work. And it, it, it's pretty common, right? Like it happens. But there is a newer treatment since 2000. This has been a pretty, it's not that new. It's 21 years, the year 2000. Um, basically, they do the, op, they just replaced it with an artificial disc. And what will happen is, I'm explaining it in layman terms. If you want to really hear a professional talk, I suggest you look up that episode of 31 Thoughts. Um, but basically the phone will fuse. Okay. Like with this artificial disc. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, in six weeks, Jack Eichel can be back to full move, like full intensity training in eight weeks. He can have full contact. He could be back to play. And what this guy was explaining was basically that, um, if you, it, the artificial disc has never been done in the NHL before. Right. So that is the only reason Buffalo doesn't want it done because he laid everything out. And this is a, like, he's like, I guess like leading in his field. He said the fusion, while it does work, he said, there's a 25% chance after 10 years, you're going to need another one. So, in 10 years, Jack Eichel will be, how old is he, 25? I believe so. So he'll be 35. He's probably still going to be playing hockey, right? He could need another one of these fusions. And then in another 10 years, he can need another one. He's saying he's so young that, you know, like it could really, like you could fuck him up because the more you get it, the more it fucks you up. And then eventually you can only fuse so much, right? Mm-hmm. And the recovery for this fusion, I guess, and tell me if I need to shut up, Corey, because like, (laughs) um, I guess the recovery is like six months. And after three months, basically, they just have to hope like he can't he'll be in a neck brace. So he's not moving and they'll have to do x-rays and stuff and they'll have to hope that they fuse correctly. If they can't tell, they've got to go, well, should we let him play? Should we not? So it's kind of a guessing game. Meanwhile, all the – there's a medical term for – I should know this. I'm going into medical school. I can't. Uh, You know when you don't use a muscle for a long time and it degenerates? Yeah. Well, that's going to happen to his neck. (laughs) He's not moving it. (laughs) With the artificial disc, um, you're you're encouraged to move it, he Mm -hmm. said as much as because it will work it into place and the bone will feel like he can, obviously he can't run around and play hockey right away, but he has, he's not going to be limited, limited. The muscles in his neck aren't going to degenerate. And the other thing he highlighted, sir, and then I'll let, I'll let you weigh in. 
is that said the reason this um, fusion, the fusion of the discs is so common, it's like kind of what the NHL wants is because it's commonplace in the NFL. And he said, but what they don't tell you is that guys that get it in the NFL, they have an, it was like an 80 or 90% chance of returning to play, but they often only return to play for about a year and a half. And then they get injured again in our, they retire. So, and he went on to basically talk about how the artificial disc, like he's put it in rugby players and they've been fine. Like, nothing like it's survived it hasn't broken that's a pretty violent sport he said he's put it in mma champions like ufc fighters and it's been fine he said the only it's he's it's been in hockey players before he said the only reason buffalo is against it is because it's never been done in the nhl and that that's my sorry that that took way longer than i thought it would but i just personally and i'll let you weigh in i just think it's crazy that there's all this science and evidence backing it up and you don't want to allow him to make this own choice because it's never been done in your league. It has been done in hockey players, just not in your league. Yeah. I just think that's preposterous. Yeah. Why not be the, the, the first person to do it? And more or less, why are you stopping? Like you either going to get return value for him because he's an RFA. So you're going to get something sweet for it. And you get a player that's healthy and someone else has the burden. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Or you keep him, but then you're keeping a guy that you refuse in the play because you're not allowing to get any type of medical relief for that. So you're just going to keep paying him to never play again. They're just in such a, it's their fault. It's their fault. And they're in this situation. It's like, you can't really make sense of it. Like I get it. They're afraid of it, but if you're afraid of it, Fucking move them. Then you get you get something in return for it, and then you don't have to worry about it again. Yeah, and what they have to understand is you should get a lot for Jack Eichel, but you would have got a lot more for him if you fucking traded him sooner. Because mm-hmm. the longer they hold on to him, the less they're going to get. It's going to be a fucking fleecing. It really if he is. Can't, if he can't play for half the season, teams aren't going to pay that much for him. Nope. And I'm not saying Buffalo is totally the entire villain here. Jack Eichel did sign a contract. Mm -hmm. I think that's a flaw in the CBA, and I think it needs to be addressed. Because, you know, I get that they're hockey players, and they get paid millions of dollars, and everyone, everyone likes to make that excuse. I don't know why people seem to think money solves everything. It doesn't. They're people, okay? So I wouldn't want anything done to my body if mcdonald's if i had to get a surgery and fucking mcdonald's told me what surgery i had to get like do you think i would like there would everyone would be outraged so i don't think it's that different i understand there's your body is your career here but this is a life-altering decision it's no one else's but jack eichel's to make Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't it shouldn't stop he shouldn't this dude should have been recovered, you know. He could have been <laughs> recovered by now. The poor dude sitting around and just if if there's anything that's going to put a bitter taste of an entire league in your mouth, it's it's what's going on right now with Jack Eichel. 
you know, despite like maybe like how like Jean Sebastian Dia, the guy we picked up, had like made negative comments about, you know, uh, I think Sutter said that he failed him uh, as a mentor and stuff like that. That shit doesn't even matter right now. Like this is a human being and you're denying him access to be healthy again and you're allowing him to live his days in pain and he's your star. Yeah, it's brutal. But anyway, uh, I am so hungry. I just <laughs> we've been on for a while. I think we I think we're gonna hit the hour mark. Yes, we are. Facts. Super hard. We're gonna hit the hour mark. But uh, I'd still love to see Jack Eichel because if this is something that can be done, and I think he's a successful player, uh, I'd love to see him here. I think he could he could really find success here. Some people saying he's, you know. They're saying he's not the best teammate. I mean, look at how they're treating him. I don't know if I could be able to be super excited to, one, play in a a town that just doesn't care what the fans care, but, like, you know, management is is so out of whack. Uh, And then the way that they're treating me, I really don't know if I could could have time to be a nice person as much anymore. But, Mason, you got any any last final, final pieces? Absolutely not. I've talked enough in this episode. <laughs> well, I have one more and then we'll, we'll walk ourselves out. Uh, folks, uh, before we leave, I want to talk to you guys about our new opportunity for y'all. It's our new voicemail, which is just like calling on the phone. We've eliminated that. What you can do, though, is go to www.speakpipe. That is speak like I'm speaking pipe like something you would hit dot com slash Habs nightly and you can leave us a 90 second clip telling me how uh, dumb I sound when I talk how informative Mason was about neck fusions uh, or anything positive or negative if you if we really fucking like it it will be aired on the, the episodes we want to incorporate y'all even further into this because we are nothing without you guys uh, so please if you guys are interested, I don't give a fuck if you're drunk. You want to just leave us a little something. It is www.speakpipe.com forward slash Habs Nightly. Um, and you can leave us a 90 second clip. And I'd love to listen from that. I'd love to hear from y'all. But uh, folks, thank y'all so much. This has been Habs Nightly. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Please follow us if you're on Twitter at Habs Nightly and by you benders. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank y'all so much. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I, heated because of what, what you're telling me because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac- macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for candy. God. <laughs> oh my God. Go to, go to Italy. If you crack ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is a fucking national treasure. And it is the greatest dish in Canada.
I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Eries, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night.